Hello and welcome back to the Obsession Podcast. I'm Kiri Masters. And a quick note before we jump into today's episode, I know that some listeners like to listen to this show with their kids, which I am personally delighted by because my own son says that it is boring. Um, but this series is about Chris Jenner and it does contain adult themes which may not be suitable for young audiences. Let's jump in. If radio personality Howard Stern was the king of all media for the 20th century, then Kris Jenner deserves to be crowned the mother of all media in the current century. Her tiara is timing and her scepter is patience. Whether you love or hate Kris Jenner, all she asks is that we keep on watching her. My fantasy is to have Keeping Up With The Kardashians season 26, Kris once said. My job was to take my kids 15 minutes and turn it into 30. I should have had more kids. This is a quote from a book I read about Kris Jenner called Dirty Sexy Money. And it's true that Kris Jenner is a very polarizing figure. She has undoubtedly achieved worldly success for herself and for her family. She came from nothing and in 2022, Forbes estimated her personal net worth at $200 million. But where she'd really choose to hang her hat is the success and influence of the family overall. So her two sort of most successful daughters are uh, Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner. Kim is worth an estimated $1.8 billion dollars by Forbes as of 2022, and her other daughter, one of her other daughters, Kylie Jenner, is worth an estimated $680 million, according to Forbes in 2023. Among all of her six children, there are 15 businesses, um, pretty much all of which Kris Jenner is personally involved with as well. So she has been successful in the worldly sense, but many people would view Kris Jenner as a calculating, single-minded social climber, thirsty for securing fame and fortune through any means possible, including exploiting her children and the often cited derision, just famous for being famous. And while I don't think that sentiment may be entirely untrue, I still think there is a lot that we can learn from Kris Jenner about ambition and various ways of getting what you want out of life. Even if you view her life goals to secure fame and fortune for her family as vacuous and some of her life choices as unethical, I st there is still a lot we can learn from Chris's story, in particular, how she used her ambition to get what she wanted. Just like money, ambition by itself is neither good nor evil. It's how it is directed that people will cast an ethical judgment on. If you can imagine 
pretty much anyone would praise a highly ambitious cancer researcher who focus all their time and attention on acquiring resources to cure cancer. That would include financial resources, political support, publicity, and that person's ambition and personal sacrifice would be applauded by anyone. But that same level of ambition pointed towards acquiring fame and fortune for their family would be widely chastised, as Kris Jenner is. The moral judgment that we have is on the outcome that the ambition is focused on. If we separate that out, there's a lot we can learn from ambitious people, even if our ultimate goal is to pursue something more wholesome and make more ethical choices along the way. Now, the complicated thing with Chris's story is that in addition to having a sort of vacuous goal in in life is that she made many other life decisions that many people would question ethically. Her various affairs, for example, and leveraging, you know, her particularly Kim, Kim's sexuality to secure fame and fortune. So she then fails most people's moral test twice. Wrong goal and wrong decisions. As I said, I, you know, I might need to take a shower after doing this podcast because it is, you know, it's a, it's a little slimy, but I still find these stories really fascinating. One of my favorite podcasts, which if you like this podcast, you may also enjoy is called how to take over the world. And that podcast is more, um, looking at historical figures from before, before modern times and, um, you know, Benjamin Franklin and, um, Julius Caesar. And one of my favorite series on how to take over the world was about Vladimir Putin and not because I think he's a wonderful man and a figure we should, you know, really celebrate, but it is, it's just a, it's a fascinating story. How did he rise from being an absolute sort of coming out of nowhere, essentially to being one of the most powerful people on earth? Um, it is just an interesting study of the human condition. So I'm going to jump into Chris Jenner's story, the key elements that made her successful. And this will be a multi-part series. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get part two, maybe even part three. We'll see how far we can get in the next 30 minutes. So I'm going to share Chris Jenner's story and the key elements that made her successful. And this will be, a, there's a lot here. So it will be a multi-part series. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get part two, maybe even part three. We'll see how far we can get on this episode. So Chris Jenner's life story. Chris was one of two siblings born to her parents and her parents divorced when she was very young. Her dad left the home. He was an alcoholic and completely faded out of his family's life. Chris felt abandoned by her father because she, she essentially was. And I think there's something to be said here about that impacting her need for control, for belonging, for safety. 
when Chris was was a young child, her mother evidently took comfort in Chris's beauty. She's a she's a beautiful woman even today. You know, in her sixties, she's a she's a she has a striking beauty. Um, and her mother noted that life is a whole lot easier when one is attractive, especially as a woman. And Chris's mother was described as as beautiful herself. And so Chris grew up with this context that you know beauty matters, beauty is powerful, and she learned how to attract male attention from her mother. Her mother, you know, after after Chris's father left, was a single mom and went husband hunting at a golf club that she worked at. And so she found her next husband, man by the name of Harry, at an exclusive golf club. He was a yacht broker and an entrepreneur and really, you know, taught Chris some important life lessons, um, including if you want something bad enough. If you're willing to change your life for it, you can do anything. So Harry had ups and downs as an entrepreneur. And after one failed business venture, he got back on his feet with some other endeavors. And this is when he taught Chris one of her favorite maxims to this day, which is if someone says no, you're talking to the wrong person. And through experiencing the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and having to leave her hometown of San Diego to move out to, I can't remember where it was, some some country town um, to pursue a abalone brokering business, which ultimately failed. Um, she hated that experience. She hated being torn away from San Diego. And this again led to a craving for control and financial stability. And so these two fathers that she had, her biological father who abandoned the family and her stepfather who was a a real, you know, an an entrepreneur and taught her the value of hard work really sort of helped to shape her personality. Even still, uh, her, her ambitions at that point were not, you know, as lofty as we might imagine them, them to be. Her idea of success as she started growing up in a in the now privileged suburb of Southern California was basically to get married and have six kids. That was her dream. And this is a theme that we'll see from Chris through her years. She once she knows what she wants, she pursues it with dogged focus. And so she started her husband hunt early. She knew what she wanted, she set about getting it on both a timeline and a level of tenacity that was unusual among her peer group. She says in in a video interview, while other girls were thinking about the prom, I was thinking, fuck the prom, I want to get married and have six kids. And so she, you know, she was with her stepfather and, and mother now in, you know, a fairly privileged social class and they frequently frequented at a, a country club. And so she was able to observe the socialites and the upper echelon at this country club and use that as her social education, if you will. She was a very attractive teenager and she ultimately could leverage that and learn how wealth and privilege could be obtained and how to act. 
So it was amongst this sort of social set and being an attractive young lady that she acquired her first boyfriend who was a pro golf player named Caesar. And she loved the high-flying lifestyle that being Caesar's partner afforded her. She was still a teenager, but um, she you know, moved into Caesar's house and really sort of started living the socialite life pretty early. And it was at a horse racing event that she attended where she met her future husband, Robert Kardashian, where he was entranced by her beauty and tried unsuccessfully to woo her. It was a year, he was calling on her for a year before she agreed to go on a date with him. And she failed to tell him that she had recently gotten engaged to Caesar. So this is where, you know, she's, she starts making morally dubious choices in her love life at, at this age. Caesar busted them, Robert and Chris, when they were making out on their first date at Caesar's own home. They were upstairs. He came home to surprise her. They got caught out and Robert had no idea that she was still with him. And so began an on and off again courtship between Chris and Robert. There's a lot of details here I won't get into about their off and on relationship, but this part of the story highlights many dichotomies with Chris. You know, she asserts herself as a Christian. She helped to found a church in California. She's, you know, talks about how much she loves being a mother and how she's always wanted to be a mother, but she, you know, she's on the reality TV show often swearing at her kids on TV. Um, and you know, she had this affair out of, you know, several in her life. Um, so she was engaged to Caesar and committed to him, but starts up an affair with Robert at the same time. Back to the story. So after a tumultuous courtship, Robert and Chris eventually get married and it's a great match for both of them because Robert has family wealth. He is ambitious. He is a lawyer and sort of a showbiz guy um, with, you know, making his, making his fame and fortune in LA. And Chris, you know, carries right on with her own life ambition at the time, which is to have six children. And while her Husband's career in the law and showbiz is advancing. She enjoys the trappings of material success. And thanks to Robert's career, they are expanding their social circle to more famous people, including OJ Simpson and his, um, his girlfriend. But Chris is, she's not just an idle housewife at this time. She, they're the definition of a power couple she really enhances his image as this hotshot lawyer and, and showbiz guy. And we can see here for the, a, a, another thread that will play out throughout her life is that she is happy to not necessarily play the starring role. She does not need to be the main event. And actually she has never really been the main event. First, we have Robert, who she plays a supporting act for as the you know, other half of the power couple. And later we'll have Caitlyn Jenner, who she elevates to, you know, back to and, and buffs Caitlyn back to 
her former fame and glory and, and makes that relationship and personal brand much more successful than it had been. And then the third act is Kim Kardashian. And the fourth act, I think, is is Kylie Jenner. So Chris is, she's not the main event. She is the 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 woman behind these figures. And she uses her talents, her ambition, her personal organization skills to manipulate the star of the show to make it shine brighter. And then she wins by association. She's by playing this supporting act, she still gets the money, she still gets the status, she still gets invited to the the galas and events. Um, but that is ultimately the approach that she takes in throughout the rest of her life is to be the uh, the supporting act. Back to the story. So Chris has this wonderful life with Robert Kardashian and she has four of the six children that she's always dreamed of. She has Courtney, Kim, Chloe, and Robert Jr. But Chris for some reason becomes disenfranchised with the relationship and starts up an affair in 1989 with a soccer player by the name of Todd Waterman. Robert suspects the affair. He hires a private investigator to follow Chris around and, and confirm it. And, um, it, the, the marriage ends. Chris asks for a divorce. Robert gives her a divorce and she's out on her own. Later on, you know, her narrative around her relationship with, with Robert Kardashian is, is pretty interesting. On one hand, she says that, uh, she said in an interview with Forbes that she was not an equal partner in her marriage. She says, I had no money, not $1 to my name. He controlled everything. It never occurred to me before that moment in this dark time that I had no power. And later in life, I would decide it was a situation I would never be in again. So this kind of points to, and, and it, it is it is true from the accounts of her leaving the relationship and having nothing. Um, Robert did provide child support, but Chris herself had nothing to her name. She had been, you know, riding Robert's coattails for a long time. He was the breadwinner. She was the, the, the power wife and, and mother. Um, and she had to start fresh financially. At the same time, it was, (laughs) it was completely her fault. She went and had this affair Um, and she says, she says on a number of occasions that it was one of the biggest regrets of her life. Um, she says, uh, in an episode of keeping up the card with the Kardashians, when her daughter, Chloe, who had been cheated on herself, asked her mother, um, what, why did you have this affair? How could you, what was in your mind when you had this affair? And Chris says, when you're young, you don't understand the consequences of your actions. Um, And she says how much she regretted um, ending that relationship and having the divorce, especially as Robert died pretty young of cancer. So not the first affair that she's had, um, ended poorly. She's out on her own, out of the marriage with no money and her back is up against the wall. And things just got real for Kris Jenner. 
And that, and this tricky situation is ultimately what would give rise to Chris Jenner's next act, which is the manufacturing of a Jenner. And that is where we're going to leave it for today. I'm going to pick up in our next episode talking about Chris, Chris's role in building an empire around Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner, and the next act of uh, the Chris Jenner life story. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and I'll catch you in the next episode.